Hello, everybody. I'm Jesse. And I'm Nikki. And this is the second episode of the In the Works podcast. We are so excited that you guys have decided to join us for another episode, and we are really just going to jump right in. Uh, this is a topic that we have been very excited to share about. Uh, this is essentially the episode where we are going to tell you guys our story. Yeah, um, just going to dive in and see where it leads us. Um, I think, you know, you and I have both had pretty different lives, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to uh, sort of our meet up in the middle. But yeah, where to start? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of weird trying to jump in and talk about this from like a personal standpoint because you know you and I have we've told the story of our business we've we've told the story of American Estates because that's you know that's an important brand asset to have developed (laughs) you know you got to have your story and your about us but it's sort of it's sort of like the superficial story of it though in a way you know it's like just the surface right it's it's the the, it's the highlight reel (laughs) yeah absolutely and it's the the pretty things or the things that are just real enough to, you know, bring someone in and make them go, oh, what, what? There's a bit of drama, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that we mentioned this in the first episode when we talked about kind of the why of this entire podcast project, but I think you and I have both gotten kind of wrapped up in this idea of our voice being the, you know, our brand. And I think that allowing people to kind of see what I'm calling behind the brand (laughs) will be a much more meaningful conversation than if we just sit here and spend time talking about how great we are and how wonderful our business is and how people can, you know, follow us and ultimately buy from us. (laughs) That's, that's, but that's not the point of this podcast or this episode. Yeah. So let's uh let's maybe let's just dive in and Nikki, who are you? What what is your story? What is the essential story of Nikki that has made you who you are? Man, I like it feels very weird to start with me because normally when we're telling our story of American estates, people look at you and they say what's the story? So it's interesting to think about that like, oh yeah, I have a starting point like before that, outside of that, you know? Mm -hmm. I think, to summarize, I grew up in an absolutely amazing family where I had all of the love and support and opportunity that I could ever need, Um, and I was just encouraged to do absolutely whatever I set my mind to. I, at the same time, have been extremely driven and ambitious. Although I had resources, I I was not really looking to just kind of, you know, use up the resources around me. I, I wanted to I wanted to build something for myself. So from being, you know, a young teenager, I was kind of entrepreneurially minded and would take on projects and initiatives and was you know, rising to leadership positions in school and in church and, and, you know, everything that I was doing, I was just 
you know, running it. <laughs> you know, I was just, I was the person who was doing everything. And the truth is, I was really good at it. And I, you know, I don't say that to brag, but it's just, you know, part of my experience and my story is that growing up, I just, I had a lot of success. I had, you know, the resources to, to do the things that I was interested in, and then I did well at them, and I strategized and found ways to, you know, build something for myself from a very young age. Um, so I was, you know, I was really involved in, like, a lot of freelance photography and design, and I did a lot of graphic design and all of that, even, you know, through college as a student, I uh, moved to Fayetteville, uh, from growing up in Little Rock to go to the U of A, and my freshman year I went in to study business, and second semester I had changed it to design and art, and that first semester of really wrestling with, you know, my feeling of, oh yeah, business, that's like how you, you know, succeed in this wrestling of like, oh, but like art, and like creation, and like aesthetics, and cool projects and being your own bot like it just I kind of had this this tension between both of those worlds and I think that all throughout college you know I have a whole story that I could go into there but that's for another episode about education and kind of discovering what you're passionate about but I found myself after college in a position where I had a well-paying corporate job as well as a pretty healthy list of freelance projects who I was doing great work for that I was excited. I had a lot of time to do both my day job and have freelance projects. And, um, you know, I was just going for it. I was just doing all the things. But at the same time, I kind of had this growing feeling of, like, it not being enough. And no matter what I was taking on, it just didn't feel like I was there, you know, and I was able to actually buy my first house shortly after I graduated college and found ways to, you know, kind of like do the income property thing with roommates and just made a lot of, you know, responsible steps for myself that I was really proud of and found a lot of security in. But again, I just didn't feel like I was I hadn't arrived, you know, I still felt like I was searching. And I feel like that's the place where I was when our our paths crossed. And so I feel like it would be kind of a nice time to pass that question back off to you to kind of talk a little bit about who you are and your upbringing and maybe give some background before we jump into telling the story of how we met. Well, I think for me, my story is so different from yours, but I too definitely grew up in a family where I always felt loved. My story uh, is definitely one that is more of lack of resources and means and one of pursuing and chasing and dreaming of being kind of on that other side. like Striving. Striving, yeah, striving. And and that's something that to me it's not sad, it's not embarrassing. It's it's a huge part. It's the backbone of who I am. Yeah. I've 
definitely witnessed parents who were incredibly hardworking, even, you know, in times when my mother was, you know, um, in the role of stay-at-home mom. And I mean, I was homeschooled for a time and, you know, mom was teacher, but a very, very hardworking person, as was my father. My father always had a full-time job, but was also, um, you know, as I was growing up, um, he was in the uh, in the military. He was more in the role of reserves, but um, that was always something that was a part of his life. And so I definitely got a good firsthand view of what it looks like to be dedicated to things and to work hard. And um, so all, those are values that were instilled in me that always stayed with me. And, you know, as I got older and into my teenage years, I think that's when the artist in me really started to to bloom. Now, it was years from then when I finally got like comfortable with the idea of like, no, I, I, I am an artist. It's not, you know, it's not just somebody who can draw or paint or mm-hmm. something like that. There's so much more to the concept of an artist, but it took a, a long time for me to, to really grasp that, but... Um, as a teenager, all I wanted was to pursue music. And I set out to do that kind of, you know, as, as a teenager, I would, I would look back on it and say, you know, at times I was probably a little bit reckless in that pursuit. Mm-hmm. I could have used a little bit more of a, a planner in my life at that time. But <laughs> uh, at 16, 17, 18, I was on my own in that. Fortunately, I had a, a strong father who <laughs> forced me to finish high school when I, I tried not to. <laughs> um, I would definitely have looked back on that and regret. Um, but I did finish high school and knew that college wasn't the path for me. Um, I was somebody who was chasing an artistic dream. At that point, it was music. I learned about striving and struggle even more, pursuing music. That's a tough, tough thing to, to try to make a go at, and um, you know. But you felt you felt some real accomplishments in that. I too. did. I absolutely did, and and I wouldn't trade that for the world. I mean that, that's a path that led me where I'm at now, and um, man, I mean, it was it was amazing. I I enjoyed it, and but it did definitely get to a point where I realized. I didn't know what was the thing for me and what was out there, what was next, but I knew that I had kind of come to the end of that journey. Um, and, you know, I kind of fell back from that and just took a step back to try to take a look and see what, what was next. Um, and, you know, I um, ended up in a relationship with a woman who, you know, I, I later married and, you know, had our son Simon with and learned lessons about life and relationships along the way. And, um, that relationship came to an end, um, which is, you know, a big part of my story, sort of a failure that I've had to embrace and, you know, wrap my head around and understand and grow from. Yeah. But I have an amazing son who is a huge 
joy in my life and a huge part of my identity. Um, so, you know, there's, there's definitely no regret there, but kind of all wrapped up in the, the story of my first marriage unraveling and the birth of my son, I started a business Mm -hmm. and kind of got a, a vision of something that I wanted to pursue. And sort of that's like where, where the egg hatched. And, you know, that's kind of where the story of the business starts. Um, but, you know, for me personally, those were some, some pretty dark times. Yeah. And it was all struggle. It was all struggle. You know, and I kind of had the role of single father. My son's mother has always been in his life as well, but we had um, sort of a, a joint custody arrangement that for a long time involved me uh, basically being the primary caregiver for him full time through the day while she worked. And then I went out in the evening and long into the night with my hustle, working in the shop, trying to flesh out this dream till I would collapse and then wake up the next morning and do it all over again. And somewhere a couple years into that is where our paths collided with me being in a pretty low point, being somebody who had this huge dream of building furniture and just doing cool stuff and being this artist and actually being empowered by the community and and my you know clients with this you know growing attention to my work and uh you know my business i always had a ton of work coming in but my capacity to handle that with all the other responsibilities that i had going on and my ability to manage that even you know in trying to hire help um you know, when you came on the scene, I was, I was pretty, pretty good and well drowning, I would say. <laughs> um, and but you looked good. People thought you were just swimming. Yes, absolutely. They thought, man, that guy sure can't swim. Yeah, basically, that's <laughs> that really is it. I mean, I was putting up a good perception, and you know, we've, you know, again, that's kind of what I talked about a bit in the first episode of you know, there's a lot of struggle and a lot of hurt. And, you know, that's a huge part of it. And, you know, I'm looking to embrace that. I mean, you know, I'm looking to say like, hey, like when Nikki and I, you know, when she found me, when our paths crossed, like straight up, I was homeless. (laughs) I lived in my shop. Yeah. You know, I was giving everything. I was pouring out everything for my dream, for my son you know, um, and, you know, some small part of it, you know, for myself, but it's, it's a powerful thing to reflect on and see how far, you know, I've come from such a low place to, you know, where I'm at now. Again, just like everything in life, it's a mix. There's struggle, there's hardship, there's stress, and there's love, and there's excitement, and there's new developments and things that I never saw coming. Yeah. I love that. And I, 
I think that it feels good to me to kind of be vulnerable like this and really just share this. Uh, I hope people don't mind kind of us just diving right in with it. But um, I'm also super excited to talk about kind of this next part of the story, which is the story of us meeting and the season in which I think we've kind of both come to feel like, oh, is, is like really the start of the business because it was kind of when we took this this dream that you had and we actually said, okay, here's what this thing needs and here's how we do it. And we then put in the work to, uh, to, to get it there. And so there's a lot of really exciting things to talk about, but I feel like there's honestly just no one who can tell the story of how we met better than you. So I got to turn it back over to you for this one. <laughs> well, in the early days, during those you know couple years of struggling with this business before Nikki and I met, I wore every hat. Every aspect of the business was was me. And I recognized that social media was going to be a huge part of what it was to be a modern craft business. Right. Um, I realized the power of that, but I, I didn't really have a vision for that. That's not my strength. I mean, you have such a wonderful talent and vision for that, uh, which has been a powerful thing for us. I just had like this raw, clunky, like, <laughs> here I am world. Yeah. Like, I took a picture. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> it's a Samsung photo, you yeah. know. Um, you know, let me let me put this filter on it or a frame around it. You'll think this is cool. It was terrible. You know, I had terrible social media, but um, I was seeking community in that, you know, and, um, Instagram, I got on there fairly early and started getting active in, in communities of other makers and things like that. And I enjoyed it. You know, I was working again, you know, I was working through the night. And so, you know, I, I, I kind of developed some relationships, but if I had any strategy at all to social media, one of the things was, is like, if I noticed a, you know, a name, popping up a lot in my feed, likes or comments or things like that, I would click to that profile to see what those people were about because they might be prospective clients. Um, which it's, you know, in those early days, it's, it's kind of crazy how often that that did happen to where, you know, somebody that had been engaging with my Instagram account would actually then eventually contact me and say, hey, you know, I have a potential project. And it's not super creepy, but you know, a lot of times I would kind of know a little bit about them, maybe a little bit about who they are and what their style is or what they might be looking for. Um, it's just something that I felt kind of gave me a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an insight into who my potential clientele would be. Um, how that relates to the story of us is I started to see a particular name popping up in my social media quite a bit and that was you and so I said well you know I wonder what this person's about so I clicked over to your Instagram to see if you might be a prospective client 
Uh, I think I judged you pretty quickly to not be. I'm like, oh, <laughs> she's just like some some college girl. Like, um, this is not this is not my clientele. But I remember seeing this picture. Something about that picture just lit up some kind of synapse in my brain that is like some kind of sixth sense, I guess. And I just like had to know more about you. Um, so I went, I just went ahead and switched into uh, creeper gear and I went straight over to Facebook and from your Facebook profile, I learned that you had several places of employment at that time, but amongst them, you had a part-time job at a church that I happened to have grown up in and that uh, my sister and her family were at that time still attending. And so I screenshot a picture of you and sent it to my sister and said, hey, do you recognize this this girl from church? And she said, no, why? And I said, well, I don't know. If you, if you run into her, if you see her at church, just give her my number and tell her to call me. And she was like, are you serious? And I'm like, I'm, I'm serious, just do it. Which is just like crazy for me, but like sort of that's, that's who I am in a sense. It's like, it seems Your weird. intuition, your sense of intuition that when you feel led in a direction, you're like, well, I mean, I'm going for it. Exactly. Yeah, you summed it up a lot better than I, than I could have. But that didn't really pan out that way. Uh, but nevertheless, you started on your Instagram sort of a, like a, a personal project. Um, I think you called it, it was called the, you called it the intentionality project. Yeah. It was actually partially through that when you first discovered my page or whatever. Right. Yeah. Cause that's why I, I, I was posting every single day, right. kind of like a strategic, just personal project that I was doing, mm -hmm. of course, because that's like that's who, who you I am. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that around the time that you found me, because the whole reason I was following your account is because you had done a giveaway, which, I mean, great job. You are not giving yourself nearly enough credit. <laughs> you had the marketing sense to do a giveaway and it expanded your audience and that is the root of... Our love story. It opened the whole the the, the door to the entire world. Exactly. Yep. Giveaway. Yep. So anyway, um, yeah, you know, he had done kind of one of those like like and share to to enter to win like the side table, which I don't know who who ended up. I don't know who got that, but that was I an do. awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, it was an awesome piece though. Yeah. So I started following you, and the reason I was interested in your account was not even like oh well, I really want to win this thing, but like I thought what you were doing was cool. Uh, and even though, yeah, you, you didn't have the most glamorous of photography, like what you were sharing was authentically you and it was interesting. And I was like, oh, this is definitely someone I would follow. But it like, it wasn't like I was really following you as a person. Like I was following American Estates. I was following the business because I myself was interested in building stuff. So I had mentioned earlier that I bought my first home shortly after I graduated college and was living with roommates. And one of the things I was doing because I was not, you know, getting enough out of my life 
working multiple jobs <laughs> is I decided to learn how to build furniture and like a deck and all this stuff. So I, you know, went to Lowe's and I bought a bunch of Ryobi, you know, $99 tools. And I'm like, here we go. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this thing, get on Pinterest and figure out how to make a bed, make some shelves, floating shelves, you know, whatever. And that's kind of where our worlds had some like shared ground. Um, I started engaging with some of your posts and kind of trying to, uh, chat you up, you know, hit me up, try to, he's trying to slide into those DMS. Yep. Yep. And, uh, send you some advice and that sort of thing and offer up if you ever need any advice or anything, I'm, I'm there, but... And I'm like, I'm good. I actually know how to use Google and YouTube, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay, boomer. <laughs> but uh, eventually, you know, your 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 profile said something about, uh, you know, being a coffee lover. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and of course, um, nobody loves coffee the way that I love coffee. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I asked you if you ever... Uh, go get coffee at Puritan Bruco, um, which is a wonderful place there in Fayetteville. At that time in my life, that was sort of like my cheers, you know, like yeah. my place <laughs> where I would go and just like sit at the bar with the dudes and talk, just talk and shoot the breeze and decompress a little bit. Now I am uh, a big part of who I am. I'm, I'm a non-drinker. Um, but I would drink the heck out of some coffee. Yep. And, and some uh, Topo. Yeah, and some Topo, um, which I've definitely got a bottle of right now. Yep. But, um, you know, back then I would I would spend a lot of time in the evenings if I didn't have a project that I was working on or if I was ignoring the project I was supposed to be working <laughs> on. You know, I would spend a lot of time there just um, trying to engage in a community but, you know, I had asked you if you ever go up there. And you said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm there all the time. And I said, well, if you ever see me up there, you should just pull up a seat and let's talk. As it would be, um, it was a, just a random, um, it was a Wednesday or a Thursday. Yeah, I think it was a Wednesday. Yeah. Um, it was my mother's birthday. It was May 27th. And I had gotten stood up by a client so I found myself in Fayetteville. And uh, so I had another meeting a little ways out. So I thought, well, okay, I'm going to go get a late lunch. Take this opportunity to go get um, some tacos at a fabulous place that is sadly no longer. But a uh, little hole in the wall. Um, little uh, taco joint and grocery store. And so here I am in a part of... Northwest Arkansas that I wasn't often at at an incredibly random time. It was the middle of the day. It's no time for lunch. And I had just ordered and sat down and I heard the, the, the bell above the door ding as, you know, some, someone was walking in. And I look up and I see a photographer that had, that I knew that had done a photo shoot for me. Um, or of me for a magazine article. And uh, so, oh, there's, there's Matthew. And Matthew's not like, he, he was very 
introverted, not very social. So I thought, well, I don't really feel like talking to anybody right now. And he'll be great with a, like a little nod. nod or something. So we're good here, you know, no interaction needed. But the next person that walked in was you. Yep. So I, at the time, was working for a subsidiary of Hallmark, and I was based about 45 minutes away from this said taco joint, but I was leading a photo shoot that we were doing for a campaign where I had, you know, kind of done this strategy around how to kind of, you know, capture the essence of these marketing themes, and we had a specific plan that we were trying to do right at sunset. So we were going to be working later into the afternoon at a location in Fayetteville. And so we opted for, you know, a super early dinner, basically still, you know, late lunch. And there was, there was nothing that normally would have put either of us in that location, but fate had it that it it was meant to be. And I don't remember who reached out first. I think maybe you had said something to Matthew, and then I went I, up and greeted Matthew. And yeah. Then. Uh, and that was your foot in the door to, to my group. Yeah, I introduced myself to you, stuck out my hand for a handshake, and you tried to smash my hand. <laughs> you you about. I was broke just showing me you. I meant you know I meant business. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I was a little disappointed that I you know was uh, basically instead of a nice clean meeting at at Puritan some evening where I could be Mr. Cool. Instead, you you found the like the raw, flustered, frustrated version of me. You know, all's well that ends well. Um, We exchanged a few words. Y'all had your lunch. I had mine. Uh, You know, while y'all were talking and eating, I called my mom on the phone to wish her a happy birthday and I got up to leave and as I'm standing at the counter to pay, you and your group come up to the counter too. And I remember you kind of slid over to me and kind of nudged me with your shoulder and said... Uh, it was probably my elbow. Shoulder yeah. seems way more intimate than I would yeah, have probably you're initiated. Probably, you're probably right. You're probably right about that. <laughs> I probably poked you from afar. You know, I remember you saying, uh, so when am I going to run into you at Puritan? And me being flustered and sort of a total bonehead, really. I just, you know, you said, uh, when am I going to run to you at Puritan? And the first thing that just came off my tongue that I wish I could have back, I said, well, I was there last night. Where the hell were you? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm like immediately flustered, you know, standing right in front of, you know, all of my colleagues, my bosses, you know, like all of the people who like I would care about you know, their perception of the scene unfolding. And I just responded with, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of one of those, those moments. Like, oh, I was okay. like, that was very awkward. All right. Um, anyway, you know, yeah. Pleasantries. Goodbye. See you later. And I, you know, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. He's a woodworker here, you know, with my group and then I go get in my car to head to my photo shoot and before I'm even able to like get buckled I get a message on Instagram because I'm sitting there in my truck and you know doing the thing you know like in a movie you know hitting palm on forehead stupid 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 you know something of that nature so I send her a DM and I was like hey I need your number that's it I'm just like hey I need your number just like that and um, 
she obviously had a moment of insanity, and she gave me her number. So yeah. I, uh, I sent her a text message, and I'm trying to recover. And so I'm, I'm he's trying to be smooth. Yeah, I'm trying to be smooth. So I, I, you know, I revert to one of what I view as my strengths, uh, which is just humor. Mm-hmm. Um, I completely underestimated. Uh, who Nikki was and kind of her awareness of culture and, you know, really more than anything, maybe the generation gap between us. Yeah. Um, see, because Nikki and I are 10 years apart. Um, and so I send her this message. I said, uh, Mick Jagger says that we can't always get what we want. What I want is to have coffee with you. What are your thoughts on Mick Jagger? And I think her response was something in the long, along the lines of... I know of, exactly what it was. Yeah. It was, I don't really know anything about Mick Jagger, but I am willing to get coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so coffee it was. So we finally had our, our meetup at Puritan, um, to which I'm definitely going, it's a date, it's a date, it's a date. And she's... Thinking, and I'm like thinking this is you know, like a meeting. Like this is, this is like a, a, a meetup, like a you know, we're going to talk about woodworking projects. Yeah. Some kind of, some kind of one-on-one social mixer. Yes. Um, so, uh, hilarity ensued. Um, but, uh, it started off a little bit awkward, but ultimately, um, we connected, I feel like, and we had a really good talk. We had a really good evening. Um, we basically talked until, Um, the barista staff at Puritan was like, Hey, um, you don't necessarily have to leave immediately, but we are currently mopping around your shoes. Um, (laughs) we have been closed for 30 minutes now, (laughs) but it was good. It was good. When we were on the go rogue podcast, I remember them asking us a little bit about our story. And, and when we, when we were recounting that first hangout in the weeks that followed that, I love kind of the thought that came into my mind. I said that that first night we sat down and had a five hour conversation about life and business and that we essentially just never stopped having that conversation. We, we kind of immediately just were like, okay, I'm interested in continuing this like indefinitely. Like I want to always be talking about life with you and you're going to make me cry. (laughs) You would cry. I'm a crier. (laughs) Yeah, another thing that's really cool about this is that tonight is our anniversary. So I think it's fitting that we kind of take some time to reflect and just enjoy like this part of the story um, because there really is a lot of beauty and it is really special that our, our beginning, the beginning of our story together and the way that that translates into the beginning of American Estates kind of as it is now. Um, it was rooted in something that we were so excited about and we put in a lot of hard work. I mean, I guess to kind of speed the story back up and bring things moving forward now, like I was working all these jobs, had so much going on, but every single day I was like leaving my corporate job as early as I could to, you know, race across town, drive 45 minutes across the county (laughs) yeah to to go to your workshop and like work on projects with you you know and like or just sit and talk on the curb 
you know, and eventually it became something where we would get together, you know, every single day. And I think, you know, we decided very quickly that we had intentions of going into this long term, but we knew that we had to do that carefully um, because you had Simon and we knew that we had to take our time, you know, to get me integrated into his world. And so we, you know, we dated, but we're (laughs) seeing each other every day, talking about business constantly. Like we were making plans. We were, we were doing it together. Yeah. And that's the only thing we were thinking about, (laughs) you know, it was just how do we, how do we go for this together? How do we do it? Eventually, after, I don't know how long we dated, over a year, um, we got engaged and I told my, uh, my boss at my job, I said, I'm not in a rush to leave, but I'm leaving. Like, I'm, I'm doing this thing. You know, I'm, we're engaged, we're, we're going for it. And they were so excited and so supportive of that. And they basically said, hey, can we keep you for a while and then part-time and then you kind of help train and, and eventually, you know, we'll release you whenever you're ready to make the jump. And so for about six months or so, I, I kind of did both. But during that time, just, man, leaning in so heavily to try and figure out what does it look like to have a business, I start getting more and more involved in the social media and kind of deploying strategy around my area of expertise. You know, hey, let's develop a brand voice. Let's let's become focused on growing an audience. Let's post quality pictures. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, document our projects. Let's, you know, I just kind of began like making all of these suggestions and helping you accomplish them. So I think um, kind of entering the next phase in for us, you know, that, that, time in our life was really exciting fresh and new getting engaged chasing a dream everything felt possible even when things were hard but it was you know invigorated yeah but we're trying to plan a wedding get married and make things official not only just personally we're trying to make it official as they say but you know we were also really trying to grow into a legitimate business instead of like just a a cool Instagram account yeah, a that cool did Instagram projects. account or you know this like out of control hustle you know and um, so we we got married and we had a beautiful time we had a wonderful and much needed honeymoon after that and we came back recharged ready to take on we, every single thing we were going to hit it hard and i guess instead we got hit hard we had a huge project going on that you know originally the plan was easy peasy this huge opportunity the biggest project we'd ever had yeah was just we were going to set it in motion and our crew was going to execute it while we were on vacation. We were going to come back, deliver it, and we were off to the races, right? Biggest moment of our business. However, because of the magnitude of the project, we outsourced the finish 
and the person that we outsource that to did the wrong finish. Yeah. Which, I mean, that knocked the wheels off of us. Yeah, I mean, without getting into a whole bunch of complicated stuff that people don't care about, you know, basically, to put it in terms that people can relate to, we're talking a mistake that cost us in excess of $30,000, not including the time to have to, you know, strip it, redo it, all this stuff. I mean... The fact that we immediately started working 100-hour weeks. Yeah. You and I. Mm-hmm. And we embarked in a, a period of time where um, we lost a good bit of our health, really. You know, me personally took a huge physical toll on me, uh, something that I'm currently still years later in the process of trying to mitigate. But in that same period, you know, as newlyweds, uh, we both experienced a personal loss in our family. Mm-hmm. Your stepfather passed away fairly unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, in sort of a whirlwind of, you know, health issues that just spiraled from something serious, but that nobody expected to end the way it did. And, um, so you experienced a traumatic loss yeah. and right at the exact same time, I, my grandmother, who is very dear to me, who lived in Chicago, had been diagnosed with very late stage colon cancer. So while you were at your stepfather's funeral, I had flown with my mother to Chicago to visit with my grandmother for what I knew was going to be the last time. Yeah. And, you know, I'm bringing my mother to... To say goodbye to her To say goodbye. You were in Little Rock grieving with your family. I'm in Chicago grieving with mine. And that was was a huge low point. Yeah, it was. And I think that there's so many different things to unpack around that season. But the summary of it is just that we were hit hard from every angle. Our personal lives experienced, I mean, serious things that, like, affect you emotionally, uh, psychologically, physically, you know? Um, and then also our business. Um, you know, we, we mentioned the kind of big fiasco that we had, and, you know, I know there's so much that people could say in response to that, oh, you know, didn't your person have insurance, blah, blah, blah. It's like, the point is, back then, we didn't no, like, no, we did, we weren't doing what we needed to be doing. <laughs> we, we were naive. We were just, you know, kind of every winging time. It. Yeah, we were winging it. Every time we got a request to do a project, if it was bigger than the last, it was like, cool. Yeah, we can do that. Of course we can do that. Like, great, <laughs> you know? And, you know... Now, several years down the line, we can look at some of the sizes of those projects and go, oh, I mean, that's like a manageable project, but we were in such a different place, you know? Like, we were predominantly working with one, maybe two other helpers with both of us Mm -hmm. physically working so many hours, plus on top of the physical work, trying to, like, you know, run the business, and manage our 
emotional worlds, mm-hmm. um, raise a you know raise a son, and everything. I think that the reality is the time that we spent experiencing the the true depths of struggle I think is where you and I started having conversations around like can we do this like do we want this mm-hmm. <laughs> do do we actually believe in this and are we what are we willing to give and endure to make it happen and the fact that we walked through that season and we both remained united that like we can't quit like this business this vision is something that like we're not going to just walk away from we just we have to find a way to make it work <laughs> learn to be better business owners you know learn to listen to wisdom find the right people turn from mistakes you know what i mean like we that was when we really shifted to going this this has to work how do we how do we make it work mm-hmm. i mean we've been talking about all of this and we haven't even mentioned the fact that as we're recording this right now you've got your right arm in a sling because you just had surgery a few days ago to repair some damage done to your shoulder in those months of us just absolutely obliterating ourselves with work yeah not only that but you've had four previous surgeries two on each hip mm-hmm. over the course of the last what 16 months or so 16, something like 18 that months, something like that yeah um the the long-term consequences of some of those struggles in that season is crazy mm-hmm. when you really think about it. And I mean, we're going to have to just have a whole separate episode about the importance of prioritizing your physical health yeah. rather than getting caught up in the hustle because, you know, we're talking about how, you know, the journey, you know, got us to where we are today. And so, but we're still you know, on it's it. worth it, but man, like, yeah, we're still on it. And let me tell you, if there are ways that we could have avoided certain lessons, man, yeah. I would opt out of a few. But hey, you know, maybe we'll we'll have some things to say that somebody might be able to take away from this that might prevent somebody else from, from going through the same thing. Yeah, from being five surgeries in with one more on the books, hoping that that will be the end of it yeah. and that it will be recovery from there. You know, you know like my health situation is still is still raw and very real for us right now. That's not something, you know, we're out of the woods on. Um, we're kind of still, you know, feeling the consequence of that season. Over the last couple of years, since that, you know, giant pit of a season, I think that if you, like, look backwards and kind of see the, the mountain that has been climbed out of that pit... It's pretty crazy. So yeah. we have been blessed with amazing clients and people in our corner who have mm-hmm. believed in us. But you know, beyond that, Jesse, we have a we have a showroom. We we yeah. have a store downtown. Downtown, baby. Right next to Onyx. Right next yeah. to our favorite coffee shop and biggest client. Yep. Can you believe that? It's amazing. I mean, that was 
that was the original dream for me. I wanted a showroom before I had any concept of like, you know, business and building and everything that are, that this business became uh, was not on my radar. It was a showroom. I wanted the store first. Yeah. You know, I wanted to have a store and then I would fill it with all of my wonderful creations and people would just come in and love them and buy them exactly as they were. And, um, obviously custom, uh, commission projects became what the business was. I realized early on that that was the way that the only way to build a viable business without Mm -hmm. having just like an infusion of backing from the beginning, which I didn't have. So yeah, the showroom, you know, which we opened, uh, you know, roughly a year ago now has been, was a, a huge triumph for us and a huge turning point, you know, for our business that has allowed us to be, well, sitting here talking into these microphones right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's those things, you know, we're talking about, you don't know what's on the horizon. Yeah. You know, because I wanted that showroom from the beginning and I've wanted it every step of the way along along the line and I tried to make it happen multiple times. It was never the right time, but something came out of nowhere and it was one of those moments where I had the intuition about it, you had the intuition about it, and you knew we were going for it. Yeah, because there had been plenty of times when you had the intuition for it, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> this is certainly not the place. You know, I am and not I'm feeling all, called. Baby, baby, please. <laughs> yeah. Please. <laughs> Which, yeah. I, you know, I think that's just, that's, that's a part of our dynamic is that you, you can see a lot, the potential, and I, I think I look a lot more for the how. It, what what process of refinement <laughs> is going to go into reaching yeah. that potential and so when you and I have had opportunities that when you and I are both aligned on moving forward on it we know it's something that we can you know chase down something that we can apply both the head and the heart you know the passion and the wisdom and the strategy to to make you know into a viable piece of the puzzle of our life mm-hmm. um but it is you know it's just so crazy because you talk about how you always had a dream for the store and you know even still here we are talking about how we have this you know another whole part of the story is like man the last eight months which isn't you know that short of a, an amount of time that's mm-hmm. a significant season like the world has been crazy yeah you know, our world has been impacted in some really significant ways, as has, you know, I'm sure every single person yeah. listening to this right now. Yeah. It's just been, you know, such a crazy year. And the thing that's been so insane, but genuinely, I mean, I see it as a blessing, is that I think that this year and everything that's unfolded kind of just stopped everything in its tracks just long enough for everybody to look around and go, what am I doing? What, what can I do? What, you know, like for the people who had been given a little bit more time and, you know, constriction on options, although that can be extremely hard and I don't want to minimize that, 
I think for us, we felt very blessed that our experience with this past year has been that it gave us time to really look inward and say, wow, we've got an amazing crew. We're all healthy. You know, we are not only, you know, still bringing in work, but we're bringing in more work than we ever have before. And we're, you know, making it happen, growing a team, finally have the crew and the help that we've been striving for since the very beginning. We've got, you know, the space, the opportunity. We've got so much to help us. And we've also been given the opportunity to to really spend some time and dive into some passions that aren't so focused on just growing our business, such as this podcast. Um, and some of the other like creative things that we've been doing in our business, like uh, TikTok, which if anyone is here from TikTok, what's up? What's up? <laughs> we love you, TikTok. Um, you know, when we took on TikTok as an example, that was just a, you know, for fun, creative thing that we started doing this summer because we had, you know, a little bit of creative energy freed up from not needing to be in our showroom. So I started making videos and the fact that we quickly grew to over a hundred thousand followers and had an audience who was asking us questions and letting us know they were interested, you know, that, that has been a huge encouragement to us. Yeah. A huge catalyst to us to, to sit down and go, you know what? People care. Yeah. Let's give some space to this. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's press in to this a little bit and open ourselves up to a potential community that is allows us to still very much so acknowledge and have a story with our business but also it, it's just it's not about our business you know it's about us and it's about just business in general and life in general and how to like feel good in what you're pursuing and how to how to sustain what you're wanting to do but seriously though i mean yeah. i think that's the that's the whole point of this conversation and, and yeah. what we're really interested in, in jumping into with this podcast is just talking about the process and you know we could go on and on and on and dive into so many different parts of our story i mean it feels like even though we've spent you know quite a bit of time talking about this like I mean, it feels like we haven't we haven't even scratched, scratched the, surface. the surface of what all you know we experienced and what we've learned. But that's exactly why I'm so excited to continue having these conversations and to continue putting out new episodes of this podcast. I think that it's been really cool to just kind of set the background and, and paint a picture of who we are and the real vulnerable behind the scenes look at who we are as a couple, as people, as individuals, and for, to also let you guys know, you know, a little bit about our business and, and just the context in which we're pulling these different conversations. You know, it feels kind of, it feels good to, to kind of talk about all these vulnerable things, like just get real about it and, uh, you know, um, start putting this out there for other people to, you know, hopefully be encouraged by, um, you know, again, we, 
are really looking forward to and hoping to develop a community through this. And we would love to hear from anybody that's out there listening um, about, you know, what you're experiencing, what your experience has been. Um, you know, we want to engage with people and, you know, um, kind of kick this back and forth and know what's going on in your world. Yeah, so. and hear the kinds of topics that you'd be interested in hearing us kind of shed some light on, you know, to, to yeah. see if there are things that we've experienced and, and any insight that we can share with you guys. Okay, well, that being said, I hope that you guys will join us as we continue to discuss these topics about starting and growing a creative business based on your passions without losing your sanity. These episodes are going to be all about the things that we've learned and the things that we're still learning as we tackle this pretty crazy adventure of chasing our dreams. I hope that you guys will subscribe to this podcast if you're interested in hearing more and also that you'll get connected to us. You can do that on a couple different platforms. If you're on TikTok, follow us at American Estates. If you're on Instagram, follow us at American Estates as well as this podcast in the works.podcast. And you can find us personally there linked as well on that account. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you in the next one.